0: Rafael Gonzalez and I are back again. We are live in Austin, Texas at the Texas Workers' Compensation Conference. Are are
1: you saying that because you don't want to be back again?
0: (laughs) Leave it to Ralph to always try to trip me up. But we are so excited because we are joined now by Erica De La Cruz and Jennifer Hopens. Welcome, guys.
2: Thank you for having us. Hello. Thank
0: Thank you for joining us. So... As I said, we're here at the Texas Workers' Compensation Conference. We were so pleased to be able to see your panel discussion yesterday, the DWC executives. So, tell us a little bit about uh, your experience here at the conference so far, and you know whatever you'd like to share about you know what you're doing and how you're doing it. Well,
2: this is I'm sorry, Jennifer. Jennifer, please first. <laughs> <laughs> <gotta> go I'm just <laughs> gonna oh, jump in. This is actually my first time, um, presenting, um, at the conference. I've been to several of the conferences before and at, uh, you know, during pandemic, we mm-hmm. went virtual, which is also pretty exciting too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a, um, a very exciting experience, uh, being a part of the panel, especially with the, what I like to call the dream team that you yeah. saw up there. Some pretty amazing. I was people. happy to see lots of women. Yes, there's lots of women, lots of powerful, knowledgeable, experienced, skilled women. Nice. And so it's 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 a privilege to be among them. Sometimes I'm looking around and I'm like, am I in the right room? Am Aww. I in the right uh, row of offices? Just because I um, really admire all of them. And so that that uh, being part of the panel, letting everyone know what we do um, and how we work together, I hope that the the people who are sitting in on that presentation really got from us um, what, what we do and that we really enjoy doing I think it was we great. Do. We've mentioned it several times
0: on the different episodes that we've done. I think it's a great, it was a great discussion and I wish more conferences would do that. And so Erica, you are the uh, Deputy Commissioner for Claims and Customer Services. Yes. What does that mean?
2: Um, so we are, I don't know, did you catch that yesterday? I'm going to say it again, since this has a broader audience, Jennifer's going to roll her eyes, but um, I like to, to say that our, our staff are the heart and soul, because that's what I said yesterday, of the agency, and that's because we're the front-line folks. That's right. Um, we get, um, one thing I mentioned yesterday, we get 10,000 phone calls a month. Wow. And people aren't calling us to say, thank you for providing a service, and my claim is working well. They're calling us because there's a problem. Right. You know, they receive something in the mail, they have a question about it they don't understand, or they got hurt and they don't know what to do next. Um, So our staff have to know a lot about a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they are truly our greatest asset. Mm -hmm. Um, Value them um, and do whatever we can to let them know that we appreciate them because their job is difficult. And We've done a lot over the past few years. Um, to really improve our customer services from, from the hiring process, mm-hmm. from improving our hiring techniques and mm-hmm. the type of staff that we're looking to to join us, mm-hmm. um, all the way up into how we train them mm-hmm. and how we quality monitor those their phone calls, how we coach and develop them um, so that they can provide the superior service to our customers. Um, one thing I didn't mention yesterday, but um, for the past a couple of years, we've averaged a wait time that's Less than a minute, and less than thirty that's seconds. That's amazing. And I just got my uh, report from last week, and it was sixteen-second wait times. So that that's is really amazing. Unheard of when it comes to um, you know government wait
0: time. Well, that explains why I was there when uh, one of the audience members got up and said publicly, "Thank you." That it's noticeably better. So kudos to you. Thank that's you. That's awesome in your department. All right, Jennifer, you are deputy commissioner of appeals panel. What the heck does that mean?
3: Well, we are essentially the the last stop for most (laughs) disputes in Texas uh, in workers' compensation. So the way that our dispute resolution process works, the first step is a benefit review conference, which is like a mediation. Mm -hmm. And it's a more informal process. And the parties work together with a mediator known Mm -hmm. as a benefit review officer to see if they can resolve the dispute at this early stage. If they can't, Then the proceeding, then the um, case goes to a contested case hearing, which is a more formal proceeding, and that's before an administrative law judge. And the judge will make a record, admit Mm -hmm. evidence, um, and receive you know evidence, witness testimony. And at the conclusion of the closure of the record, the administrative law judge is going to issue a written decision. That decision is appealable to the appeals panel. There, we don't really have time in this uh, broadcast to discuss it, but there are some issues that we as the appeals panel that, uh, we do not have jurisdiction over that hearings, the hearings mm-hmm. program area, which is in charge of, uh, the benefit review, op- benefit review conferences and the contested case hearings that they have jurisdiction over that we don't, we don't touch. But, so essentially we're a reviewing body. We don't have hearings. We review the appeal, the response mm-hmm. and, uh, the administrative law judge's decision, and um, the, uh, the record of the hearing, and then we either will write on the decision in the form of a, it's usually, we, we can only write on certain cases, but uh, we can reverse and remand in a case, hmm. in a case where we determine that reversal is necessary, we can either, we can send it back, we can substitute, Uh, our decision for the administrative law judge's decision, Mm -hmm. or we can affirm based on certain protocols. It's in the statute, uh, Texas Labor Code Section 410.203.
0: Thank you for that.
3: (laughs) So anyway, yeah, so we have uh, once the response from the party who is happy with the Mm -hmm. administrative law judge's decision, uh, that party files the response, or that the due date for the response passes, then we have 45 days mm. to issue our decision. And um, so we can do you know, written decision like I discussed, or if you know, the t- determination is made that the ALJ's decision is affirmable, then we issue what's known as a final letter. Okay. And that letter is just a notice to the parties that after review, the decision of the administrative law judge is now the decision of the appeals panel. And then once it leaves us, the next step, if a party is still dissatisfied, is to go to court, and so we're kind of the last, the last uh, part of the process.
0: Interesting. All right. So you you two represent two of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten executives that were on the panel yesterday. Is that is that all the different executive sections of the of the workers' comp commission, or tell me is there more or
2: no, that's all a, of us. That's all
0: of you? Yes. Okay. That's an interesting group of people.
1: It is. I, I loved it. We've not seen something like that. Mm-hmm. You and I travel the entire country. Um, we do a lot of different conferences. We've not seen a program like that where the leadership of the division is right there. And you're telling us what you're responsible for. How incredibly helpful yep. Right for the entire system to see that and to acknowledge you know, and then you guys spoke about each component of the equation, what each of you handle. Um, we're hoping that a lot of folks will copy that, <laughs> this idea that you guys have put together, because it's a wonderful way of introducing the system to the, the stakeholders.
0: Well, and also, too, I've always um, admired uh, Texas's approach to several things in the comp system, but the, the hearing you talk about customer service yes. and the passion that you have for improving the system and how you respond to incoming questions and it's just really interesting and, and wonderful to hear.
1: The commissioner said it up there. He told us about it here yesterday when yep. we spoke with him, and you've repeated it here again. Right at the core of everything we all do in comp is servicing, right? Yes. The, the mental, central parties uh, to this issue. So we love to hear that. We love to see it. Mm-hmm. For us, it's kind of our favorite standard in all of this, right? Uh, let's do right by the employee and the employer. Uh, so it's it's wonderful to hear that out loud, and to focus on it, just love that.
0: So what do you think, So you, like we said earlier, you're sort of like the front end of the division, you're, you know, you said, I don't exactly remember how you said it, but you're like the the final stage, or the final piece of it. What are you guys seeing as, um, what are the issues ahead of you in terms of um, challenges to the workers' compensation system in Texas, or what are some great things, or share some great news um, that you have, like what, what what do you see, what's happening?
2: Um, One of the things that we focus on all the time is just making sure that injured employees have the same access to information that an attorney or that an insurance carrier Mm -hmm. would have. Um, I mentioned this earlier um, that attorneys, they go to school, they get trained, some of them get board certified in workers' compensation, they have this wealth of knowledge about workers' comp insurance carriers or the adjusters come on board they go through training all of this um, uh, to make sure that they can properly um, adjust claims injured employee gets injured and they have no idea what to do they don't know who to tell right. um, where to report this um, how they're going to get paid um, and so that's a big thing that we're always focusing on is just access to information um, and communication. So we're um, always looking at ways to produce more in- informative videos that we can put mm-hmm. on, our, uh, on our website or um, improve the resources that we um, provide or talk about to injured employees when they call us on the phone. One of the things that we actually grade our call center agents on mm-hmm. is additional information, uh-huh. is um, you know, uh, projecting the, uh, uh, the caller's needs. Sure. Or predicting, I'm sorry, the caller's needs. Mm-hmm. So they call us with with a question, but in our mind, we have to figure out what's that underlying and issue.
0: What's coming next, yes. yeah.
2: um, and um, our agents get graded on that, and they really take pride in it. Like I was able to identify what they really needed, and as a result, um, they got... The information they needed, they filled out the form that they needed, or they contacted the adjuster and were able to clarify something that that's awesome. um, uh, you know prevented a dispute from being filed or um, you know a check being mailed in on time. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's always, of course, because I'm customer service, I'm always just focused on how to make it better. Um, even though our wait time is under thirty seconds right now, there's always things that we can do to improve that. We're mm-hmm. um, getting ready to transition to a new phone system next month, um, which should be seamless to the customers. Um, but will it, what it will do for us, it will, it will give us a few new um, tools like forecasting and making sure that we've got the right amount of agents on the on the on the queue days after a major holiday. Um, it will also come with um, improved quality assurance uh, mm-hmm. tools, so that we can ensure that the our agents are providing the correct information and the appropriate information to to callers. Um, and then it will also uh, let us dabble in some AI, which is a oh. pretty exciting thing There's right that now. Word. Everyone's There's talking. That
0: word again. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's
2: it's a popular topic right now. But um, we're hoping that it'll help us. Um, you know, look at the calls and tell us why are people calling us and mm-hmm. what's the information that we're providing them, and how can we use that to improve our training and our resources.
0: Good. And so, Jennifer, what are you saying at the tail end? Like, what are some of the?
3: What she said. No, <laughs> no I really. Um, I'll echo what she says in the sense that I think um, our agency is very proactive, uh-huh. and we're always looking for ways to improve our system, not just you know rest on our. Morals. Um I think things things do tend to work quite well in our system. Mm-hmm. I believe overall, but certainly um, there's always room for improvement. And we have great staff, like Erica. You know, you can tell from what Erica was just saying. I mean, she's always looking for ways to make things work yeah. more efficiently and to provide the best customer service possible. Because at the end of the day, really, we are in the customer service business. That's right. All of us no matter what our title
0: but so what are some of the regular things you're seeing in appeals like what are some of the reasons you you end up seeing cases in in appeals
3: oh well how much time do we have <laughs> uh, a couple minutes <laughs> high level <laughs> i'll just say i mean just we have a we have a bit of a unique situation in our state so the predominant issues that we see are maximum medical improvement and impairment rating mm-hmm. there are a number of schools of thought as to why but one thing that we have So I speak at a number of conferences, and I I meet people from other jurisdictions, and I don't think, oh, I'm not aware of any other state that has the 90-day finality rule that we do. Mm -hmm. So essentially in Texas, the first valid certification of maximum medical improvement and impairment rating will go final if it's not disputed within 90 days of the date it's provided to a party or the parties Mm -hmm. by a verifiable means. So that's a... And that's from Texas Labor Code Section 408.123. So, this is a very important section sure. of the Labor Code. And some would say that's kind of a driver of why these maximum medical improvement and impairment rating disputes come to the system. And those have to be, you know, one, one way to challenge that first valid certification is to file a DWIC form 45. I know Erica knows all about these, so it's essentially a request for benefit review conference, the mediation I was yep. talking about mm-hmm. earlier, and those have to go into dispute resolution. You can't just stop the clock
0: mm-hmm.
3: with, uh, uh, by filing the DWIC 45. Mm-hmm. So anyway, maximum medical improvement impairment rating are really our top issues. I think there was a presentation earlier today that laid out our top issues. And then we also have a sort of a complement is extent of injury and that's whether the compensable injury extends to and includes certain conditions. Mm-hmm. And we have a number of appeals panel decisions over the years that, s- that stand for the proposition that um, extent of injury is a threshold issue to maximum medical improvement mm-hmm. and impairment rating. So the doctor has to know what to rate, you know, to, uh, to assign the, uh, to do the maximum medical improvement data and the and the impairment rating. And so those three issues, extended injury, maximum medical improvement, mm-hmm. and impairment rating, tend to go hand in hand or tend gotcha. to be tried together.
0: Gotcha. Yep. Awesome. Well, I mean, you guys are both great representatives of um, the department. I want to come work with you guys. <laughs> 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 so that brings us to, I know Rob, you've probably got questions, but we're getting close to time. But let's talk a little bit, and I'll let you, you know bring a question into this. But we want to talk a little bit about um, what are you seeing in terms of uh, bringing younger professionals into the into the fold. Um, what are you trying to do to get folks in and help retain them? It sounds to me, like I said, I want to come work with you guys because it sounds like a great place to work. But um, what are you guys doing and seeing?
2: Well, the first thought that comes to mind is that I don't have any vacancies because my staff aren't leaving. Good job. <laughs> That's You're great to hear. But I've been very fortunate. We've um, uh, done a lot as far as professional development within, yeah. um, we focus on employee engagement, um, so that we all uh, can, we can build a skilled and satisfied workforce, because happy workers is, are Are you leave. people listening? Are you people listening? Um, this is what we all need to be doing. And um, we've created opportunities within the area, so we have, um, you know, as we've seen a need for training positions, and we've promoted from within into training positions. All of our leadership has been pr- uh, promoted from within. The agency is really big on succession planning, mm-hmm. and this, this executive panel is, a, is, is an example of that. Many of us have come from uh, positions at various levels of the agency and have just worked our way up into different areas, um, learning about the system, but um, you know, getting, uh, being presented the opportunity to, to grow by having excellent leadership, mentorship. That's so wonderful to hear. And management that focuses on development and succession planning. So good.
0: All right, Ralph, last question. So good. Got to wrap.
1: So from a legal perspective, (laughs) give me sort of a sense of volume, right, so that I can compare it to other states. right, because it would seem 10,000 calls a month. Oh, my goodness gracious. Is that as a result that you know, the mechanism for appeal or litigation isn't as strong as in other, other states? Or maybe they wouldn't be calling you, they'd be calling a lawyer, right? Or are you handling also that kind of huge volume? So I want to get an idea of what does that appeal mechanism look like from a numbers perspective?
3: Well, I would say just in in terms of that dispute resolution overall, I believe there was a, a presentation today that stated that there are roughly 5,000 contested case hearings a year, and of those, um, approximately 2,000 of the administrative law judges' decisions in those cases were appealed. So roughly, you know, in the 40% area, uh, cases getting appealed. So our volume is, it's really, in comparison to past years, it's really uh, lower Mm -hmm. than it has been in the past. And I don't know what what the reason is, I don't know if it's, it could be a combination of factors, it could be, you know, the economy, or, you know, I really couldn't tell you, but yeah, really our volume is probably, I would say, you know, lower than it has been in the past. And sometimes, like, the the claims and customer service side, they're not always dealing with people who are in dispute resolution, you may be dealing with people who, you know, it's early on, yeah, it's earlier on in the process, and maybe (laughs) they eventually you know, they're able to get, you know, resolve their case to their satisfaction without even entering right. a benefit review conference, contested case hearing, or coming to the appeals panel.
0: Well, it sounds to me like, if I may toot my own horn again, <laughs> I have been saying this for so many years, if you just provide answers and information to people, you don't have as many problems. I mean, it seems to me like that is part of the reason why the, the um, cases are lower, or just, just a hunch, but
2: Yes. Love it. Love Plug it, to it. our website. Check it out. There's a lot of good know, information. And I know you guys do a lot of public service announcements too. Like I see them all the time. I see them on social media. And yes. You guys have a great website. Our team takes um, uh, participates in governor's uh, small business forums across the state of Texas. So that's another opportunity to educate. Right. Um, but yeah, and our communications team does a fabulous job in making sure that the information on our website is in plain language mm-hmm. and it's understandable by everyone.
1: Wow, what a concept. I love that. I mean, I've signed up. For all of the announcements. And so I receive them, you know, as a member of the public. Fantastic job all the way around. I mean, it really is. It's easy to understand and it's all available.
0: Okay, so right on, right, okay, we're gonna close here in just a second, but right on to I go to the website, tdi.texas.gov, and right up front, stay connected. Sign up to get news, tips, and alerts, program updates, and more. I mean, come on, it's a (laughs) no brainer. But you guys do a great job. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: No problem, it's a pleasure. Um,
0: Really had a, I mean, we could talk for hours. Ralph and I love to talk to folks like you, but it's great to see strong women, knowledgeable women in the industry doing great things. So thank you, Erica. Thank you, Jennifer.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: Awesome. All right, well, hasta luego. That's like how we like to (laughs) wrap our episodes.